Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining Church on the Real Real. That's R-E-E-L, as in the multi-platform broadcast. R-E-A-L, as in having a genuine conversation or true dialogue about faith-based issues. I'm your host, Donna Means. Today's conversation is going to be centered around the journey to the resurrection. So we are approaching that season in which we observe Lent and prepare ourselves for Easter. I wanted to review this topic because I feel that sometimes, I know it's happened to me, I'll tell on myself. Sometimes we get into a rut with things. We do things habitually and they begin to lose significance or meaning. We have to be careful when it comes to our relationship with God and the reason why we observe different things to make sure that our intentions are pure, our minds are clear, and that we're not taking for granted any grace that we are granted. So over the next few podcasts, I want to talk about the season that we're in, the observances and commemorating these significant events, the life of Jesus and how they should hold a deep spiritual meaning for us. I am aware that there are many that listen to this podcast that may not be familiar with some of the services that we acknowledge or observe during this season. For those who are familiar, please bear with me. I'm going to just go through some brief definitions of the services that we participate in during this season. Then we'll move on to discuss the significance. Today's podcast is going to focus on the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Even though we're focusing on what the ministry, there's not going to be a whole lot of talk about Jesus today. We're actually going to speak about John the Baptist and his significance in Jesus' ministry. Don't be disappointed because the next few podcasts will definitely address Jesus and uh, what he did to get to the cross and why that's significant for us. Communion, also known as the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, is a ceremony in which Christians symbolically partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. This observance is based on Jesus' instruction to his disciples during the Last Supper before his crucifixion. By taking communion, Christians believe that we are remembering and celebrating the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and renewing our commitment to follow him. It is a reminder of the love and grace of God and an opportunity for us to experience spiritual nourishment and connection with God and one another. Lent, which is a period of 40 days leading up to Easter, during which Christians focus on prayer, repentance, and spiritual discipline. This season is based on Jesus' 40 days where he fasted in the wilderness and is seen as a time of preparation for the celebration of his resurrection. Lent is traditionally marked by fasting, giving up certain luxuries, and engaging in acts of charity and service. It is a time for Christians to reflect on their own shortcomings, to turn away from sin, and to deepen their relationship with God. Holy Week, 
is the week leading up to Easter and is a significant time for Christians. It begins on Palm Sunday, which commemorates Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and ends on Holy Saturday, the day before Easter Sunday. Palm Sunday is the first day of Holy Week and it commemorates Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on the donkey. While the people waved palm branches and shouted, Hosea, this day is often marked with the procession or a blessing of palms. Monday, Thursday. It's the day that we commemorate the Last Supper, when Jesus shared a final meal with his disciples before his crucifixion. This day is often marked with the Eucharistic service, or foot washing ceremony. Good Friday is the day that commemorates the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ. It is a solemn and reflective day for Christians, and many churches hold services and processions. Holy Saturday is a day of waiting and reflecting. It commemorates the day that Jesus' body laid in the tomb before his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Throughout Holy Week, Christians engage in a variety of religious activities, such as attending church services, participating in processionals, and observing fasting and other forms of self-denial. The week is a time for reflection, prayer, and contemplation of the sacrifice made by Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Easter, also referred to as Resurrection Sunday, is the most important Christian holiday because it commemorates Jesus Christ's resurrection from the grave. This is regarded as a pivotal event in Christian history because it depicts God's victory over sin and death. Easter is a joyful celebratory holiday that is usually commemorated by church services and fellowship. For Christians, Easter symbolizes the promise of new life and the promise of salvation. John the Baptist was the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Also, he was a distant relative of Jesus. His mother, Elizabeth, carried him at the same time Mary was pregnant with Jesus. The angel who had revealed Elizabeth's pregnancy to Zechariah had made it plain that this child would be a Nazarite. Nazareth is an Israelite consecrated for the service of God under vows to abstain from alcohol, let their hair grow, and avoid defilement by contact with corpses. For more information about this vow, please review the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. According to Luke, God's message of instruction came to John while he was in the desert. John was prepared and ready. He knew and understood his assignment. He was a prophet and a messenger appointed by God to proclaim the arrival of Satan. John devoted all his energy to this job. He was steadfast and uncompromising. He was the last of the prophets in the Old Testament tradition calling for repentance in a wilderness of unbelief. John the Baptist was distinctive. He wore weird clothes, ate strange foods. He preached an unorthodox message to the Judeans who came out to see him. This peculiar man held no influence or position in the Jewish political structure. But he talked with almost unstoppable 
or authority. He did not pursue originality for the sake of being distinctive. Instead, he sought compliance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Those who needed to repent turned away from the human condition's self-centeredness. When we repent, we allow God to lead and cure us via the door that our rebellion had previously closed. In his kindness, God has turned towards us. Now, as John advised, we may approach him and apologize for our mistakes. Then God will accept us into his kingdom. Keep in mind that only God can cleanse us of sin. He, on the other hand, does not need us to clean up our lives before approaching him. Repentance results in a new life. Repentance always leads to a change, whether it is a change of direction or position. A restoration from a former state causes a conversion. Repentance should lead to a dedication of making an amendment in one's life. People were captivated by his words because he challenged them to repentance and baptized them as a symbol of their repentance. Hundreds of people answered. But even as crowds gathered around him, he pointed beyond himself, never forgetting that his fundamental purpose was to proclaim the arrival of Jesus Christ. When we wipe dirt off of our hands, we notice immediate results. Repentance results in eternal cleansing, which is not always visible. John employed a visible symbolic action, baptism. To baptize is to dip or immerse, and it denotes the ritual and spiritual purification that results from immersing in water. Priests employ baptism or ceremonial washing for sacrifices and to maintain ritual purity in the Old Testament. When new priests were ordained, they were cleaned. Prior to conducting sacrifices, priests cleansed their hands, and on the Day of Atonement, the high priest cleaned himself before and after sacrifices. Unclean individuals and items were ritually clean. Because the Jews used baptism to initiate converts and as a cleansing process, John's audience was familiar with this procedure. Baptism was utilized as a symbol of repentance and forgiveness in this context. John's baptism was available to all who repent of their sins and turn to God. The term repent implies to turn, signifying a change in behavior. Repentance is turning away from sin and toward God. A changed life with fresh and different actions make our remorse genuine and obvious. Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 11 reads, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning? so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus 
were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul explains the concept of sin and redemption in this text. Paul discusses how the baptism of believers is linked to Christ's death and resurrection. He starts with rhetorical inquiries. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Paul is addressing the potential misconception of grace, which is that it is possible to continue to sin while relying on God's grace to cover it. Such attitude, according to Paul, is erroneous since individuals who have been baptized in Christ are dead to sin and hence cannot continue to live in it. Paul goes on to explain that baptism is a metaphor for Christ's death and resurrection. When a believer is baptized, he or she is immersed in water, symbolizing their death to sin and the connection with Christ in his death. When a Christian rises from the water, it represents their resurrection to new life with Christ. Paul underlines the believer is no longer a slave to sin because of this link to Christ's death and resurrection. They have been delivered from the groups of sin and may now live a life of virtue. Paul encourages Christians to think of themselves as dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So some of you may be asking, well, what drew so many people to John? Well, I did a little research and this is what I found out. In 400 years, he was the first actual prophet. With bold and brave comments that captivated the common people, he openly criticized both Herod and religious leaders. However, John had a powerful message for his listeners. You too, were a sinner who needed to repent. They recognized his statements as strong and sincere. The people had hoped for a prophet like Elijah, and John appeared to be the one. Others were enraged by the teachings of the truth that led men to repentance. John compelled Herod to admit his error. As a result, 
Heyrod's unlawful married wife, Herodias, was determined to get rid of this wilderness preacher. Even though she was eventually successful in having John hang, she was unwilling to accept his message. John's job was fulfilled. The Messiah he had predicted was already on the way. John was devoted to his calling, even to the point of death. His existence was neither easy nor secure. God did not promise it would be, but doing what God intended, John invested in his everlasting blessings. He was more concerned with the truth than his own life. God has given every one of us a reason for living, and we can rely on him to lead us. Although John did not have the entire Bible as we know it today, he centered his life on the truth he learned from the Old Testament scriptures. Similarly, we can find the truths God wants us to know in his word. Others will be drawn to him as these realities operate in us. God desires to utilize us in many ways. Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 17 reads, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. By preparing others to receive Jesus, John the Baptist paved the path for him. People who have never met Jesus must be prepared to encounter him. We may assist them by emphasizing their need for forgiveness, modeling Jesus' teachings by loving and assisting them, and showing how Christ can give their life significance. We may clear the way for him 
by clarifying misconceptions that may be preventing others from contacting him. So someone we know might be interested in a relationship with Jesus. The Jewish religious leaders were separated into many kingdoms. The Pharisees and Sadducees were two of the most significant organizations. The Pharisees isolated themselves from anything non-Jewish and strictly adhered to both Old Testament commandments and oral traditions passed down the generations. The Sadducees followed solely the law of Moses, which is recorded in the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis through Deuteronomy. They were mostly derived from priestly nobles, although the Pharisees came from all social levels. Both fractions despised one another, yet both opposed Jesus. John the Baptist chastened the Pharisees for being legalistic and hypocritical, following the text of the law but rejecting its underlining purpose. He chastened the Sadducees for their religious practices. More than the words or rites, John the Baptist urged people to alter their conduct. Fruit consistent with repentance implies results consistent with repentance. God looks beyond our words and religious activities to see if our deeds back up what we say. And he accesses our words based on our actions. All the prophets encourage fresh dedication to God and concern for people in need. Jesus began his public ministry with a clear-eyed picture of his ultimate goal. He knew how and what his public life and ministry would accomplish. But he also thought that the conclusion of his journey would be the start of a new life for him and those who believed in him. His baptism signaled the start of his ministry, which would climax in a crucifixion and an empty tomb. Although Jesus had no faults to repent of or turn away from, he insisted on being baptized. Part of the importance of Jesus' baptism is that all of humanity's sins were absorbed and put on Jesus. Baptism also symbolized death, being submerged in water, and the resurrection of being raised out of the water. The ultimate goal of Jesus was to become our sin substitute and to make new life possible for those who believe. This was predicted by his baptism at the start of his public ministry. Jesus entered our earth to provide us forgiveness and fresh life. None of our actions, spiritual practices, or job merit God's blessings or forgiveness. When we trust in Jesus and his finished work for us, we get his righteousness as a free gift. When we put our trust in his life, death, and resurrection to build the gap between us and the life God promises, confession and turning away from our faults and shortcoming becomes a vital spiritual practice as we follow Jesus. God utilizes this to help us continue to grow as he molds our personalities to be more like Jesus. God gives us the ability to change. In the truth of his forgiveness, we can be faithful to his commandments and live committed to him. Spiritual disciplines practiced in the weeks preceding the commandment. The spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines practiced in the weeks preceding the commemoration of Jesus' death and resurrection should prepare our hearts 
to properly grasp the importance of these events. We frequently think of admitting our sins as something we do in the start of our relationship with Jesus. When we own our failure and place our confidence in Jesus' completed message, confession does not end with our conversation, but continues to guide us to the freedom we have in Jesus throughout our lives. Confession is completely analyzing yourself, feelings, and responding emotionally to grief caused by sin, and then deciding to move away from those sins with the power of the Spirit. Many Christians began Lent on Ash Wednesday. This day is set aside to consciously turn away from our shortcomings and lesser pursuits, which might cause us to miss the finest that God has in store for us. The palm used to commemorate Palm Sunday the previous year is burnt and the ashes are saved. They are used to make the signs of the cross on the foreheads of worshipers on Ash Wednesday. This serves as a reminder that our time here is fleeting. We are created of dust and shall return to dust, but we also have the benefit of life beyond this life through Jesus. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Please join me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. My handle is Church on the Real Real. On Twitter, it is Church on the Real, R-E-E-L. Please like, follow, and share the content with others. Additionally, on the Anchor.fm platform, you can leave a voicemail message on each podcast or respond to the survey questions. Again, thank you for tuning in. Please join me next week. Until then, God bless.